this was a trade kind of looking at the foreseeable future, right? They wanted to build a winning culture in Chicago, especially a team that hasn't been winning at all in the past few years. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode on the Lake in the Bay podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jonathan Sue, and today is actually my first solo episode, and I will be talking about the trade deadline and the buyout market. So yeah, I know it seems a little bit late. It's been around a month now or a few weeks since the trade deadline happened, but I wanted to be able to have some time to see how these new players play on their new teams so I can form my opinions about the trades themselves. And with the buyout market, um, there's been a lot of news um, about those specific buyout candidates and the deadline um, just passed a few days ago. So I wanted to talk about that as well. So yeah, let's get right into it. Uh, first with the trade deadline. And the first trade we're going to talk about is Victor Oladipo to the Heat. So this was a trade that happened last minute um, on trade deadline day and kind of had us all shocked. But Victor Oladipo to the Heat was a big move. It sucks right now because Victor Oladipo is currently injured and we all know how long he'll be out for. But when he's healthy, he's going to be a very good addition to this Miami Heat team. Um, he provides a lot of scoring as their third option. He provides perimeter defense, provides a veteran leadership as he's been to the playoffs before as well. So he's going to help a lot of those guys who are younger. Yeah, I think this Miami Heat team is kind of stacked with guys who can kind of create their own shot and score very, very efficiently. And I'm excited to see how this Heat team does. I think they have a chance to go pretty far in the playoffs, especially in the East. Next, we have PJ Tucker to the Bucks. This was a trade that happened I think it was a week before the trade deadline. So we had already kind of learned of it and talked about it before all the other deals happened. But PJ Tucker is still a pretty good player. He can come off your bench and provide defense. He can guard many different positions. He can rebound very well for his size and he can shoot very well, especially from the corner. So I think this is a perfect player to come off the bench for the Bucks. He's going to provide a lot of good things for Milwaukee, who's also trying to make a deep playoff run and win the championship. Next, we have the trade that sent Ray John Rondo to the Clippers and Lou Williams to the Hawks. So Rondo to the Clippers was a big thing because the Clippers have always been trying to get an upgrade at their point guard position. Like, yes, Patrick Beverly is a good player, but he's mainly a defensive point guard and doesn't really provide much offensively when it comes to playmaking and being a floor general. And Ray John Rondo is the definition of a floor general. He has an amazing basketball IQ. He always steps it up in the playoffs, which is what the Clippers need. I don't think the Clippers have an excuse anymore when it comes to losing the playoffs and saying, oh, it's because we need a better point guard. Even though he's not like a star, playoff Rondo is real and he will help the Clippers. Now with Lou Williams, the Hawks are actually a playoff team and I think they will make the playoffs barring just a huge drop off in their standings. But Lou Williams is a good secondary playmaker and scorer, definitely off the bench. He can take a lot of the load off of Trey Young when they play together. Good to see Lou Will back in Atlanta to where he grew up, but it sucks that he's probably not going to win a championship this year. The next big move we have is the trade that sent Norman Powell to the Blazers and Gary Trent to the Raptors. Uh, I think this was kind of a win-win trade for both teams because they both have kind of different agendas. The Blazers are looking to win now, so they are looking for the more established um, and experienced player in Norman Powell. He's having a career year this year, and he can definitely help the Blazers in their playoff run. Um, and then you have Gary Trent to the Raptors, who is a young, promising scorer who just went off for like 44 points 
few days ago. And that's what the Raptors are going towards because it looks like they're about to rebuild and they just need all the young assets they can get. Now we enter the section of this podcast where we talk about the Orlando Magic. Um, They basically traded away like half their team. They had a huge fire sale, but it set a very clear direction for the Magic. And for that, I want to say that I think the Magic were winners in this trade deadline because they were able to take all of their assets that were no use of them anymore because they weren't in their long-term plans and traded the way for good young assets. So first we have Evan Fournier to the Celtics. Um, he's going to provide good shooting and scoring off the bench, but he is injured right now. So we don't know when he's going to be back, but he should be back before the playoffs. He's going to be good bench player for the Celtics who desperately need depth. And I think the Celtics are going to surprise a lot of people during this playoffs. Next, we have Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets. I think this is the perfect fit. Um, Aaron Gordon replaces a lot of what Jeremy Grant did last year for them, and he left in the offseason to go to the Pistons. Aaron Gordon is a high flyer. He plays good defense, and he's a pretty good shooter from the outside, and that's exactly what the Nuggets need next to Nicole Jokic at the power forward position. Um Aaron Gordon has been talking about how happy he is in Denver just because it's so easy to play with Nikola Jokic, right? Like he's such a good playmaker and Aaron Gordon's just going to cut and get easy lobs and dunks all the time. Aaron Gordon is going to be very important to this Nuggets team, especially with Jamal Murray hurt now. I don't know how far they'll be able to go in the playoffs without their second best player, but they still should be able to make some noise. And the last Orlando Magic trade, which was also the most significant was Nikola Vucevic to the Bulls and the Magic getting back Wendell Carter Jr. So Vucevic is an all-star this year. He's a two-time all-star, and it's good that the Bulls have been able to acquire a big-time player to pair with Zach Levine. Obviously, the Bulls aren't doing that well right now. Even after the trade, it looks like they're not going to make the play-in seed, maybe. But this was a trade kind of looking at the foreseeable future, right? They wanted to build a winning culture in Chicago, especially a team that hasn't been winning at all in the past few years. And I think that adding Nikola Vucevic is a good start. It's going to take them a while to build chemistry. You can't just expect to put a good player next to another one and expect them to gel immediately. But I think next year they're going to be a very competitive team. And with the Magic, now that they have a clear direction to rebuild, adding Wendell Carter is a really good move. A young center who has a lot of potential and maybe the Magic can bring that out of him and he can be their long-term starting center. The final topic of this trade deadline is actually a trade that didn't happen. Uh, Kyle Lowry was not traded on the trade deadline day, and I think that's a big loss for the Raptors. The Raptors are now rebuilding, right? They haven't been winning. They're the 11th seed right now, and they've been resting some of their good guys like Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam. If Kyle Lowry walks away in free agency and the Raptors get nothing, that's a huge L. Maybe if they're able to do a sign-in trade, like, yeah, that could work. But it's a big risk for the Raptors. And I'm sure that they tried to make a trade. They did make a few moves before trying to clear up roster spots, but nothing materialized. And I think that really sucks for the Raptors. Now let's move on to the buyout market. For those who don't know what the buyout market is, teams can buy out their players' contracts by having their players give up some of the money that they would have earned in that contract in order for them to be released. And then they can sign with any other team that they want. It usually happens with players who are on teams that aren't necessarily winning and they want to go to a championship contender. It's usually like veteran guys. But the first thing to talk about with the bio market is LaMarcus Aldridge. He was bought out by the Spurs and signed with the Nets, but 
He has just retired a few days ago because of some complications with an irregular heartbeat. I think that above all else, his health and safety is most important. And I think it was good that he decided not to risk his health and spending time with his family for basketball. And I think that was really brave of him. Um, he's had an amazing career, a future Hall of Famer career, I think, in my book. Um, seven-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA player. He was amazing on the Blazers and the Spurs in his prime. I wish all the luck in the world to LaMarcus Aldridge in retirement, and I hope that he's happy with his decision. But going to the basketball side kind of sucks for the Nets that Aldridge is retired now. He would have definitely helped the Nets in their playoff run. And they are looking a little shaky as of late just because Harden is injured and Katie's kind of in and out of the lineup. But I think that the Nets will be able to pull through and make a big run in the playoffs. Maybe not win a championship in their first year, but I think they have a very good chance of going to the finals. And speaking of the Nets, they also added Blake Griffin in the buyout market. Griffin was bought out by the Pistons and he signed with the Nets He's not having that much of an impact, um, especially as a big-name player, but he's coming off their bench. He has the potential to be able to score a decent amount. He still has some athleticism um, and some skills left in the tank, but he's not going to have that much of an impact. He's going to be a solid rotation player for a team that could go to the championship. Next, we have Austin Rivers, the Nuggets. Obviously, with the Jamal Murray injury, they need as much backcourt help as possible. And Austin Rivers is a good player who can provide shooting and playmaking and a lot of playoff experience to the Nuggets. Next, we have a signing that isn't super important, but it's very interesting because it's a player that I've kind of been watching for a while, and it kind of sucks how this player's career kind of derailed because of injuries. And that player is Jabari Parker. He signed with the Celtics after he was bought out by the Kings. And what sucks about Jabari Parker is that he had so much potential. He was the number two overall pick by the Bucks. But he tore his ACL and he was just never the same. So um, I hope that Jabari Parker is able to find a role on the Celtics and is able to find a role in the NBA. Next, we have Jeff Teague to the Bucks. The Bucks had a hole at backup point guard after they traded away DJ Augustine for PJ Tucker. And Jeff Teague fits that perfectly. He's a good shooter. He can play make. He has a lot of playoff experience. He's not going to have too big of an impact because he's just a bench player, but he's going to be a good addition to this Bucks team. And finally, we have two Lakers signings. The first is Ben McLemore. Um, he is just a really good shooter who's going to fit very well with LeBron James and Anthony Davis when they both come back from injury. Just a good overall signing. You can never have too much shooting around LeBron James. And the big one is Andre Drummond, right? He has been a big name for years now in the NBA. He's a great rebounder. He's a solid post presence. He's not that good of a defender, and he's not that efficient offensively, so he's not going to have as big of an impact as some people think like this isn't like a league changing move. He is pretty overrated just because of his stats. He's not an efficient scorer in the post and he's pretty one dimensional. He can basically just rebound, but nevertheless, he's still an above average player and he will help the Lakers. The Lakers won last year with a lot of athletic bigs. I think Drummond can do that, but he's not going to get that much playing time either. He's not going to get like 30, 36 minutes a game because they have Anthony Davis coming back. He's going to play a little bit of center. You have Montrezl Harrell off the bench who needs playing time. So it was a good signing, but it's not that drastic of a move, especially with some people talking about it. Like it was, oh, like the Lakers are winning the championship now. Like, no, Andre Drummond isn't that sort of player anymore. I don't even know if he ever was, but nevertheless, it was still a good signing and the Lakers are geared up for a huge playoff run. 
So that wraps up our episode recapping the trade deadline and the buyout market. I hope you guys enjoyed and we'll see you soon.